0: you know what ESG stands for? In the last few years, environmental, social, and governance have become a major concern for public and even privately run companies. Brent Wood says it's hard work, it's important, and it's here to stay.
1: I do know of people that I think thinking do bury their head in the pillow and uh, hope that it goes away and they wake up and don't have to deal with it. And, you know, it's gonna evolve, it truly is a journey. It's gonna evolve, but in no way, shape or form do I think this concept of ESG and reporting is gonna go away. I think it's here to stay.
0: Hi, I'm Irene Silver. Brent Wood is the CFO of East Group Properties. He was one of the presenters at a recent Vanguard Dialogue on ESG. Along with him was Sally Curley who runs Curly Global IR and is a longtime expert on ESG. She helped East Group Properties navigate ESG. The Vanguard's Ken Banta started the conversation by asking for a good definition.
2: I was looking just now on Google for a definition of ESG and it kind of equated it with sustainability but yet we know that it's actually other things as well. Can can you uh, clarify how how executives should understand ESG today?
3: It is not interchangeable with the term sustainability, and that's a really important point for anybody that's actually looking to develop disclosure in this area is to understand that um, sometimes the term sustainability is is used interchangeably, and it's really not in the minds of investors and most regulators. And so when, when investors think about sustainability, they think about and define it as the long-term viability of an organization. E is the, you know, is the the environmental stewards, how you're, as an organization, how you are a good steward of the natural environment. Um, S would be inclusive of, so this is the social or the stakeholder engagement. This is inclusive of not just the community engagement, but also um, employee engagement, human capital, turnover, gender um, gender equity, gender pay equity, um, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and then G obviously deals with the governance aspect of it, but it also deals with the political spending, corporate spending aspect of it as well.
2: Brent, um, you uh, you 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 were really on a journey from uh, from not knowing much about ESGI, I believe, uh, not long ago to. Uh, uh, maybe knowing more than you want to now, um, what uh, what prompted that and what what happened? How to, tell us a little bit about how that occurred.
1: About five years ago, I would say in some uh, institutional shareholder meetings, especially as we began to meet with European uh, investors, questions began to arise more uh, routinely related to ESG. We were at first trying to you know okay, what does ESG mean? And even to the point where one meeting, someone mentioned about uh, did we have a desire to attain a Gresby rating? We didn't know what Gresby meant. And, and our CEO just kind of quipped uh, that I had it, but I was taking medication for it. And so uh, that's kind of where we were at the time. But from there, it began to evolve. We had two or three years ago, we had quite a bit, a surprising level of against votes against our uh, nominating corporate governance committee. We set up, with the help of Sally, uh, meetings with four of our key big block against votes. And our chair of NOMGov participated in those, which I think was key. And, but one, to show the investor we were serious and two, so that he could bring back direct information to the board and not just uh, you know, the employees sending that information back. And, and for us specifically, it, a lot of things, but particularly governance-related issues when it comes to board tenure, average age. We had a very old, we, our board successful. They all liked each other, a lot of camaraderie the company was doing well and they thought that was all okay. And you wake up and you've got an average board tenure over 20 years and an average board age that was well up into the seventies and it wasn't very diverse. And what they heard loud and clear is that that was not acceptable and that that was autonomous and separate from the fact that you had performed well. Um, They didn't, you know, shareholders don't view that you can't perform as well with, you know, other people and a more diverse board. So I would say it was that. That evolved into us reaching out for help, and that's how our paths crossed with Sally, which we're very fortunate. Sally's been a tremendous resource for us. Uh, that evolved into initiating our initial corporate sustainability report, which we posted on our website, made available to shareholders. And then just earlier this year, uh, we committed more capital resources. Myself as CFO, my CAO, basically were moonlighting as our ESG Uh, team, if you will, and we quickly realized that that was more than we were going to be able to bite off. So we hired a uh, director of sustainability who's come on board and whose sole job within the company is to stay apprised to current events, help us figure out ways to capture data, to better report, uh, to keep up with all these rating agencies that have popped up and and are continuing to expand and grow. So it's been a fast Journey, uh, and it's going to be a long journey. But coming out of the gate, it's been a bit of a sprint.
2: And Brent, um, you're uh, you're a CFO, obviously, as well as an executive uh, VP. Um, what do you see as the uh, the right um, uh, governance element on this uh, in the company? Does it report into you ultimately, or to the CEO, to the GC, or maybe to all of the executive team? How do you how do you how do you uh, governance uh, ESG?
1: It's a good question. We have an internal ESG committee that uh, a couple of our key executives serve on. And now that we've added the director of sustainability, she basically reports to our CEO and myself because we were the most involved with it. Now, that said, we're a very horizontal company. So our CEO is very much in the loop and it's very important. Uh, And then myself and the CEO then basically report. To the board channels via board meetings or as it may be you know correspondence quarterly uh, and I will say that again after the uh, smelling salt under the nose three years ago that was instituted by shareholder voting um, it, it's a very uh, it, it, it's an agenda on every board meeting that we have I say board meeting you know specific to gathering the group and if we're going through an agenda of items now ESGs included what are we doing what are the newest all of that now has become part of it so it's really from a ground up as you would want to see it, um, but it, it goes to the reaches of the chairman of the company now.
2: Sally, what do you see as the biggest mistakes that are made around ESG uh, and perhaps in relation to ESG and the board, uh, but maybe it's other topics as well. So your open field for uh, big mistakes.
3: First of all, do your homework. And again, I come at this from the perspective of having sat in seat as a corporate executive and built some of these programs or at least worked collaboratively to create a team, a cross-functional team to to really advance initiatives. Um, So really do your homework, make sure since much of this is about disclosure as well, make sure that before you disclose anything, you have the hard data behind it, you've um, peeled back the layers to understand the data and that you have some sort of a benchmark against which you can measure yourself because at the end of the day, employees, shareholders, regulators, the various stakeholders are really going to look for progress. They don't want, and this is a don't, don't let perfect be the enemy of the good. I've heard a number of different colleagues on, on, in the investment community say that, and I, I wholeheartedly believe it. Um, it. It is about progress. So make sure that you've got your I's dotted, your T's crossed, but also don't try to strive for perfection at the same time. Um, make sure that you create some governance around the process. One of the things that um, I always recommend to clients is make sure you either have an ESG working group or an ESG committee with the former being a little more informal, depending on the size and culture of your organization, the latter being a little bit more formal with the charter and that that be a cross-functional group so that everybody has ownership of the initiatives. Everybody understands what it is. It will get more traction in the organization if that's the case and make sure that you do have board oversight. At the end of the day, that's what investors are asking for specifically. So you need to be able to genuinely say, yes, my NOMGov governor committee has this as part of their charter or oversees this aspect of it. Some companies are creating separate ESG committees, depending on the size and the, and the maturity of the organization. Some companies are actually creating risk committees and having both ERM, Enterprise Risk Management, and ESG actually report into the risk committee. So find what works best for your company and your organizational and your board structure. And then do assign a project lead to this. ESG will die on the vine if there isn't a chair of the committee internally or a lead of the working group to really advance these initiatives. don't shoot from the hip. We've to mention that. Don't boil the ocean. I would say stick. It's really, really easy to get caught up in this because it's such a broad topic. There are a number of ESG reporting frameworks out there that were designed to be used by organizations to evaluate initiatives and to identify disclosures, make use of them, and determine of the items outlined by each one of these frameworks, I'll name the big three, which are the Sustainability Accounting Standards Board, or SASB, the Global Reporting Initiative, or GRI, and then the Task Force for Climate-Related Financial Disclosures, which is TCFD. Of those three, identify which are the most material issues to your company. That's what you should be focused on and reporting against.
1: I do know of people that I think thinking do bury their head in the pillow and uh, hope that it goes away and they wake up and don't have to deal with it. And, you know, it's going to evolve. It truly is a journey. It's going to evolve, but in no way, shape or form do I think this concept of ESG and reporting is going to go away. I, I think it's here to stay.
3: I'll reiterate what I mentioned earlier about the SEC. I mean, this is not going anywhere. I do expect, um, and Chairman Gensler has, has said as much. He has instructed his staff to actually contemplate what a climate mandated disclosure would look like and to propose that by the end of the year. I expect that there will be the traditional 60 day comment period. Um, And then, you know, it will probably be incorporated and implemented by if I had to guess, I would bet it would be implemented uh, by January 1, 2023. So this is coming and um, you know, just be prepared for it.
0: That was Sally Curley, of Curly Global IR and Brent Wood of East Group Properties, speaking with Ken Banta at a recent Vanguard Forum. Forums are just one of the membership benefits of the Vanguard Network, which organizes events, publishes content, and connects C-suite leaders. Our mission is building high-performance leadership. If you'd like more information about us, please visit our website at thevanguardnetwork.com. I'm Irene Silber. Thanks for listening.